0: some people have just below the surface something inside them when when the stars line up just right or when somebody says something or they're in just a certain situation everything just lines up right and then kaboom they blow up they they do things they normally wouldn't do or say things they normally wouldn't say but all along just beneath the surface that person is there they've just kind of kept it hidden or behind a filter or modified behavior a little bit but when everything lines up just right boom when i was a kid a teenager especially i i made some really bad choices and i managed to keep it hidden from my parents for a while I, there were two donnies living there was the one when i was around my buddies you know that was cool that that talked like my friends, that acted like my friends, that, that did things that I hoped my parents never found out about, talked in ways I never wanted my parents to hear. So when I was around my buddies acting all cool, I would act one way. And then when I would get around my parents, I would have this filter that came up. And I would, I would modify my behavior to act the way you're supposed to act around your parents. Teenagers like, yeah, I get, yeah, cool, man. I know what you're talking about. You know, they, they get what I'm saying. And... So there was this guy and that guy, and then one day, those guys met, and mom was in the room. And she wouldn't do something I wanted, I don't remember what it was, because I was batting pretty good as far as getting what I wanted out of my parents, and all of a sudden in my teenage years, I started to hear the word no, and, and I just didn't like it, and I remember just having this argument, I don't even remember what it was about, but then in the middle of that argument, I forgot who I was around, and I allowed the filter to come down. And I began to be not the person that's the Donnie around mom and dad. I became this person, the guy that hung out with his buddies, Donnie. The filter was down and things came out of my mouth that normally should never come out of your mouth anyway, much less in front of your parents. And I thought, I'm dead. You know, I won't see 14. 13 is as I'm ever going to get. And, you know, my mom heard this, her eyes this wide. My mouth opened like, oh, boy. Am I in trouble? She makes me go in and tell my dad. And I'm like, could you just like beat me with something? Don't, don't make me go tell dad. And so I had to go tell dad. And it was just this huge thing because I had this filter that I was living with that was covering up what was really inside of me. I would figured out how to modify my behavior in this situation and then let it loose in another situation. Had you asked my mom, she would have said, oh, I don't know what came over my little Donnie. I, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden he said things that's just out of character. Things he wouldn't normally say. It wasn't out of character. Those things were there all along. I just had a filter. And many of us have a way of building up this filter that keeps the real us in the background. So when we're in this situation, we know how to act. When we're in that situation, we know how to act. And then we bring up this filter and modify our behavior to act a certain way depending on who we're around, to talk a certain way depending on who we're around. And then all of a sudden, maybe we lose it and say, oh, that was completely out of character for me. When all along it was there lurking just behind the filter. And we all kind of filter what we talk about. I mean, guys, honestly, if your wife gets a new haircut, you know, you know she's dropped 100 bucks or blown 100 bucks on a haircut, and, and she comes home and it doesn't look so good, what are you going to say? Are you going to tell the truth or are you going to lie? Well, 99% of us, if we say we would tell the truth, then we're lying. We would say, honey, it looks awesome. Great, you know, and we just put the filter up because we don't want to let that down because trouble is around the corner. But everybody, everybody's got that filter that goes way beyond telling your wife whether or not her hair looks good. Everyone's got that filter that. When it comes down, we think we do things we normally wouldn't do. We think we say things we normally wouldn't say. You've probably found yourself wishing you could take back some words. You've probably found yourself wishing you could get a do-over or wishing you could put it all back and fix it all the way it was because maybe you've allowed your filter to come down and you hurt somebody. Maybe you let your filter come down, you did or said something that destroyed a relationship and you're not able to fix it. Where does all that come from? All that stuff that, that we do that we say, well, that's, that's out of character. That, that, that is just not me. That, I normally wouldn't act like that. I normally wouldn't do that. Where does it come from? <laughs> Sorry. It comes from within. It all comes from the inside. We're in the middle of a series called Things I Wish Jesus Had Never Said. And there are things that Jesus said that really encourage us. Things that kind of give us answers to life and make us say, I've been waiting to hear those words. and, And things that Jesus said that just give us the warm fuzzies, like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I need to hear that. But then there are things Jesus said that were very challenging. Very convicting, very difficult to apply to our lives, and that's what we've been talking about during this series, some difficult things that Jesus had to say. Today's difficult saying comes from the book of Matthew in the New Testament. There's some Bibles going up the aisles and down the aisles. If you're here for the first time, you forgot your Bible, you don't have one, uh, raise your hand, the ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep. We give these out every week at LifePoint because we believe that the words you read in there can lead you to a knowledge of what it means to have a relationship with God. Well, today's hard saying comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34, when Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what's going on, Jesus is talking with some religious leaders called Pharisees. And they were watching people begin to recognize that Jesus very well might be the son of God because he was performing miracles. He was driving out demons. He was healing the blind and, and even raising people from the dead. And people around were beginning to think, could this be the guy? We think this might be the, the son of God, the son of David, they called him sometimes. And, and they were asking this question. And the religious leaders of the day said, no way. All that power you see? He's doing that by the power of Satan. And it says that Jesus began to talk to these religious leaders because he knew what was on their heart. See, he knew they were leaders that fixed it all up on the outside. He knew they were leaders that had this filter and had modified their behavior on the outside because they thought that was where it was at. You get it all right on the outside, nothing else matters. So he starts to say to them, how could something good come from something evil? Good and evil can't come from the same place. That's what he's trying to communicate to them. So when, when good things come out of you, it's because of good things in your heart. When bad things come out of you, it's because of bad things in your heart. And he's trying to get them to stop looking externally and look internally. And he says all those things spewing out of your mouth are because of the things that are stored up in your heart. So out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. So Jesus is saying when you talk and act without your filter, you think it's out of character. But it really comes from your heart. Because just below the surface, in the place you normally do a good job at filtering, everything lines up just right. That person gets on your last nerve, says just the right thing. You get just the right amount of freedom. You think nobody's going to find out. And then, boom, you say or do something you think You normally wouldn't do you unload on someone you do the unthinkable and you end up saying that that's not me that that's out of character and jesus would say no that is you that is you that is your character because when my filter is down i'm the real me when when my filter came down in front of my parents that wasn't out of character That was the real me coming down, forgetting to modify my behavior around my parents like I'd learned to do because we're so good at fixing up the outside, so good at making the outside all look just right and look like we've got it all together and look like everything's just perfect. And Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 no. All the things in your life, good and bad, come out of what's stored up in your heart. And in this one statement, Jesus reveals something when I wrote this down, I thought, wow, this is, this is something here. This is what Jesus reveals, that my words and actions are always indicators of what's in my heart. Well, maybe I was just having a bad day. you know. Maybe it had nothing to do with what's in my heart. I was just having a bad day. Jesus said, no, it all starts in your heart because whatever you say begins there. Now, at this point in the message, you're probably thinking of somebody like this. You're probably thinking of somebody else that's like, I wish he was here. I'm going to get the CD because he's got to hear this. That happens occasionally. People will come up to me and say, can I get those notes? Can I get I got to share this with somebody. Well, today's not for somebody else. It's not for you to think about your neighbor. It's for you. It's for you to take an inside look at your heart, not thinking about what anybody else has said or done, but where you are. One day, Jesus and his disciples were hungry, so they went to lunch. And while he and his disciples were at lunch, the religious leaders, these Pharisees, come up again, and they they notice something. They notice that Jesus' disciples ate without using Germex, without washing their hands, without going to the bathroom and using soap and water. They, They were looking, saying, you know, what's the deal? And Jesus begins to tell them the deal. Because, see, their traditions, it had nothing to do with washing the dirt off their hands. They were not upset because somebody's hands were dirty, while gross, if you eat with dirty hands. They were not concerned about the dirt. They were concerned about the ceremony of washing their hands just right, folding the towel just right, washing the utensils and the pottery. All that had to be washed in this ceremonial washing that would be washed in a way that would not defile a person. And Jesus is saying, look, you you have got this all wrong. You're focused on the outside. You're focused on the filter. You're focused on the wrong place. You're upset with these guys for eating with dirty hands, and you're totally missing the point. You're worried about the outside, but it's about the inside. So he tells them this in Matthew 15, verse 18 and 19. But the words you speak... Come from your heart. That's what defiles you. Not even with dirty hands. Not forgetting to go through the ceremonial washing. It's the words that you speak. What comes from the inside. See, they're thinking it goes from the outside in. And he said, no, it's the inside out. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. But that's uncharacteristic of me. I would never normally do something like that. It's uncharacteristic of me to use those kind of words, to say those things to people, to hurt somebody else, to to do something physical to somebody, to go too far sexually, to have an affair, to look at pornography. All that is completely out of character for me, and I normally would never do something like that. And Jesus said, no, that's you. That came because of what was inside of you. So all those mistakes and goof-ups that we all make, Jesus said that all started inside. It doesn't just happen. It's not like, oops, you know, that happened. How'd that work? It happened because it started in the heart. And that's what he's trying to get people to see. How many times have people gotten married and then said, "I, I don't know what happened to the person I was dating. It's like overnight. They became a different person. I've had... It's amen. I heard people saying amen. It's like overnight they changed. And and I've had couples come back to me a few years later and say, He's different. She's different. I, I don't know what happened. Well, here's what happens: when you get married, you're around people more, and so your filter begins to come down. Because you're around this person all the time, and the real you starts to come out. That's why there's so much value in dating for such a long time. Like I tell my daughters, at 25, you can start, and if you, after you date for 10 years, then maybe. But that's where the value in dating, at least through all four seasons, so you can see somebody's moods, you know, and not doing that. And I know it, it can work, eloping can work, all that, I understand. But for the most part, when you hear somebody say they became a different person, it's because you have this dating filter up, right? When you're dating, you want to put your A game on. You're going to be batting a thousand. You're going to dress right. You're going to say the right things because you want to snag the girl or the guy. So you're going to be the person you think you're supposed to be to get that, right? And then you're married and all of a sudden the filter comes down. And it's like, who's that person? They went to bed. One personality woke up another one. What's going on? See, all of us have at one time or another in our life, mastered putting up the filter and modifying our behavior to be one person over here and one person over there. And Jesus said all that stuff that comes out when you think your filter is just down, that's the real you. In survey after survey, when people have been interviewed and asked questions like, if you could steal a million dollars and nobody ever know, nobody would ever find out it's not possible, would you do it? If, if you could murder someone you hate and nobody would ever find out, would you do it? If you could have an affair in some distant city and nobody would ever find out, would you do it? And 90% of the people in all those surveys say, yeah, I would do it. That's because we're really good at fixing up the outside and then storing up things in our hearts. The thoughts in my heart have the potential to become actions at any time. Yikes, I thought I was doing good. Now you're telling me my thoughts could become actions? That's why Jesus talks so much about be careful. Don't lust. Don't even hate somebody in your heart. Don't, Don't even do that because he knew that's where all that begins. That's where all the anger starts. That's where it all comes from and then it comes out As actions. That's why the wisest man, the Bible calls Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And here's what he had to say about the heart. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In the world of the Bible, the heart was seen as the center of emotions and feelings and moods and passion, it's the place where the real me exists behind the outward appearances and the facades, when all the layers have been peeled back, that's that's where it's all stored up. And that's where I really exist. In the heart is where great visions are born. In the heart is where great things and people, people fix injustices and reach out to the poor and go and try to make a difference in the world. All of that comes from the heart. A few weeks ago, I sat across the table at breakfast with a guy that is giving up his job, his ministry, and he's moving to Guatemala to help these kids and live in the mud, to help a group of kids go from kindergarten all the way through to when they graduate from school, all because God put that vision in his heart and he's going to do something great and go and make a difference in the world. All that began in his heart. But also, in some people's hearts, in all of our hearts at one time or another, there was, there was gossip and hatred and, and slander and lies and greed and, and words you never thought you would say and things you never thought you would do. And then life has this way of, of lodging things in our hearts, of, of lodging things because maybe something you, you had no, you, no responsibility for, but somebody hurt you. Somebody mistreated you and now something is lodged in your heart and you put up a facade and then when that filter comes down, that anger comes out that that you haven't resolved, that addiction that you've never revealed to anybody, when that filter comes down, it's just look out. Because life has a way of putting those things in our hearts and then we have a way of covering it up. See, because our tendency is to just fix up the outside, to put up the filter and not say anything bad in front of mom and dad, but live another life. One day, a middle-aged lady had a heart attack, rushed to the hospital, laying on the operating table. She had a near-death, out-of-body experience, and she left her body, went into heaven, and got to talk to God. And and she had a family. She didn't want to die. She wasn't ready, And, and, and so she... Pleaded with God, God, can you give me 20 more, just 20 more years, that's all I want. And at the end of her pleading, God said, all right, you got 20 more years. She wakes up, and she realizes, I got 20 more years to live. First thing she does, she schedules her plastic surgery. She says, I got to fix this thing up if I got 20 more years. So she gets it nipped and tucked and fixed and and colored and, and, you know, reshaped and all that stuff. And she's coming out of the doctor's office and slam, gets hit by a bus and dies. Right back up into heaven and says, God, what gives? You had 20 more years and he said, well, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> we have a way of making our true self unrecognizable. Because of just fixing up the outside. Fixing up the external. And that's the context in which Jesus said, out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So how do I guard my heart? If the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, said guard your heart, because it's the wellspring of life, it's like the center, it's where it all begins. How do I go down past the filter, past my modified behavior, and guard my heart? Here are a few principles I want to leave you with for transformation of our heart, to unlodge those things that are in there, to let the filter go down and not have to live this way over here and this way over there. Number one. Align my heart with the thoughts of God. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Since my heart is the center of my emotions, what I think about can make a difference. And God said this because he knew that our thoughts are previews to to our actions. Every bad thing I've ever done, I think I thought about it first. I strategized and figured out, could I do this and I get caught? Everything. I can't think of bad things I've ever done. I got right in the middle of them and go, oop, this is bad. It was almost always the result of my thinking. Physically, you cannot cram a regular diet of milkshakes and cheeseburgers and french fries into your body and have a healthy organ that pumps blood through your body. You can't do it it won't work. If you don't align your eating habits and your exercise habits with what your doctor says, hey, don't eat all these things every day or you will die. Things will build up in your bloodstream. Your your arteries are going to get clogged and you're going to keel over. So eat different, exercise, align yourself with what I'm saying, what the doctor says to make your heart healthy. That's the same thing. God is asking us to do through this writing of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4. Align yourself with my thoughts. Align yourself with the things I think about. And spiritually, you can't cram a diet of whatever, whatever into your heart and into your life and have a healthy spiritual heart. You have to align your heart with God's heart. To focus my thoughts on God's thoughts. And those are outlined in Philippians 4. Another principle for transformation is that my heart follows what I value. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So I need to watch what I value. If I value attention, then my heart will lead me down the road of insecurity. Then if, if I value stuff... And money, then it's going to lead me down the road of greed. If it's lust, then it's going to lead me down the road of immorality. My heart follows what I value. Another thing we can do to transform our heart and dislodge some of those things is to begin to identify. I need to identify what sets me off. I mean, when when Jesus said, for out of the heart come evil thoughts... Identify what sets that off. what What makes my heart all of a sudden? What makes me drop that filter and let those things seep through that I end up regretting or damage relationships? I mean, am I aligning my thoughts with God? Am I Am I watching what I value? I also need to look inside and identify what sets me off. It might be something lurking just beneath the surface, conflict I haven't dealt with, an addiction I haven't told anybody about a sin in my life that nobody knows about. Have you ever met those people who, you, you know, you probably know somebody in your life, just a ticking time bomb, ready to go off. Just, just ready to go. And everybody walks around like, be careful, be careful. Don't get too, go- they're going to blow, stay away from them. Those things in my life, I need to identify what they are so I can begin to get those out. Quick science lesson. At what temperature does water boil? 212 degrees, in case you didn't know. Somebody guessed something different. At what temperature, Fahrenheit, does water freeze? Fahrenheit. 32. Zero Celsius. I heard a zero. Okay, so if you looked at water that was 36 degrees and water that was 200 degrees, it wouldn't look a lot different. I mean, it just look across, the, it wouldn't look a whole lot different if you're just looking at the surface of the water. But one degree from 211 to 212, and all of a sudden it's boiling. One degree from, from 33 to 32 and all of a sudden it's solid ice. What's that one degree that turns you into the person when you say that was so uncharacteristic of me? I normally wouldn't do that when in reality it's your filter coming down and what's in your heart beginning to come out. By identifying what that one degree is, that one thing that sets me off, I can begin to look into my heart and begin to guard it Because that's what the wisest man who ever lived said is the wellspring of life. When I identify it, it will help me clean out and get rid of the things that surface when my filter is down. If your cardiologist told you that your physical heart was out of shape, and you decided, I'm going to change my diet, I'm going to change my exercise, you made that decision today. It wouldn't be better tomorrow. It wouldn't be better the next day. But it wouldn't be long if you consistently kept applying, keep applying those principles that the doctor says, here are the things you need to have a healthy heart. You would go to the doctor, and you'd get a checkup, and he would go, wow, you've applied these principles. You, your heart, is, it's healthy. At one time, it wasn't looking so hot. You know, it didn't look like you had a lot of time left. But now, you've applied these things I've told you, and now your heart is operating the way it was meant to operate. Same thing is true. this heart the spiritual heart it'll take time to dislodge some of the things that life just has a way of putting in there but it'll help us remove that filter and when the real us comes out it'll be the real us it'll be the one we were meant to be because the good news is god knows what you can become God knows what he created you for. He knows he created you for the good stuff to reside in there and the good stuff to come out. He knows that deep down you were created for life. That's why he said in John 10, uh, John 10, 10, I've come so you can experience life and experience it to the full. So what would the world look like? If we all begin to allow our hearts to be transformed, we stop just putting up the filter and living this way here and this way there, and we just let the filter go, and we allow God to transform our heart because we transform our thoughts, we transformed what we value, we identified what sets us off, and, and now our heart's beginning to be transformed so when the filter comes down, the real us comes out, and it's not something ugly, it's not something to say, oh my goodness, I don't know what came over me. What would your family look like if that happened? What would your relationships, your marriage, what would that look like if you truly allowed God to transform your heart so when the abundance of it came out, it was good? Here's something you never have to filter. Matthew 12, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. May each one of us be able to allow God to transform our hearts to what they were meant to be. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, this teaching, this challenging teaching that comes from Jesus Christ about our hearts. Lord, as we deal with the things that life has just had a way of putting in there that we cover up, that we filter out. May you work in our hearts clean them out, make them healthy, and make them what they were supposed to be. God, we can't do that without your help. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.